good morning. Thank you for uh, joining me again. I guess it might be morning, might be afternoon. I don't know what time you're listening. But um, you have just entered into the uh, David Zone. This is Church God Presents. And um, I just wanted to uh, share with you just some thoughts, just my thoughts, right or wrong. Now, eventually, the production value of my show is going to increase a great deal. I have to be honest with you and tell you that I'm learning how to do this. I'm not the best at it yet, but I'm getting there. It's going to be all right. It's going to take some time, but I'm getting there. And uh, when I get it, man, oh man, oh man, oh man, it's going to be even better. So right now, all you have is my um, my thoughts, just my thoughts, right or wrong to uh, guide you on your way. And, um, and, you know, that's kind of how it is. All right. So, uh... Let's move forward. Let us go forward. Um, there's a thing here. I wonder if I can use it here. I wonder if they'll let me use it. Um, I have uh, this this podcast maker, right? And it, it has all these features on it. And so I'm just trying to learn how to work them. So, so I may do something good or bad by accident. And uh, if I do, if you listen, just give me a little feedback, let me know. Eventually, I'm going to be able to have uh, ability for you guys to, to call in and to uh, share your thoughts and your invective uh, on the topics that I present. And uh, I'll be able to even comment on those things. So it's going to take me a minute, but as soon as I really get it, no, we're gonna we're, we're gonna make it happen. Uh, until then, let's m- jump into today's uh, topics, today's thoughts. Um, this gonna this is going to be um, kind of a a two part topic today uh, because I have some thoughts on Father's Day that I'm going to build on, and I might go over this more than once, but I have some thoughts on Father's Day, and uh, then I'm going to uh, do Facebook Follies today, and uh, I'll explain Facebook Follies when I get there, Uh, but uh, before then, let's talk about Father's Day and fatherhood. Um... Make no mistake about it that I, I think that there is no greater calling than fatherhood, which is why I think that the ranks of fathers are so thin. Um, fathering is a thankless job, if ever there was one. doesn't come in with built-in loyalty or built-in affection. Uh, The world has tried to 
blame everything on the influence of uh, fathers, then blame everything else on the lack of influence of fathers, try to attach every negative thing in the world happening today to concepts like toxic masculinity, which is bred into someone through fatherhood, and it's, it is the, the, the worst kind of situation to where if you are a father, um, you know, you might not be valued for what it is you really bring to the table. Black men especially have an interesting situation when it comes to fatherhood. Very rarely can you speak the, the truth in the public and it not come with some backlash. But let me say this and say this without any doubt clearly say this black men have suffered the indignity of being thrust out of their roles supplanted in their roles and uh, also denigrated for not fulfilling their role and it is the worst kind of indignity because they have watched the government become the companion to their women the government has become the surrogate husband to several of these women and then at the same time, also, the surrogate father to the children of these women. Now, some have accepted it as just the way it is in life, and they have no intention to do anything about it. Oh, well, so sad, too bad. But some look at that, and they are disgusted by it, and it takes a toll on them. And I would be remiss if I didn't be honest and tell you that I believe that intellectually and psychologically it takes a toll on men, period, who have to suffer this kind of indignity. It takes a toll on them. It's not easy for them. It's hard. And oftentimes political convenience says it is better to make government necessary to a population so that you will continue to get their political endorsement by way of votes even if it means the destruction of a whole segment of that population 
And I really want that to be understood. That there has been, or there was, or at some point in time, there has been perpetuated a calculation that says we will trade the health, life, and role of black men in their community, in their families, and the communities in general for programming that will lock them into dependency, lock them out of the desire for true opportunity and advancement and dumb them down through making them comfortable in their poverty. Even if it means we destroy people in their race. If this was not intentional, because because we it, it can't be intentional because our saviors, the Democrats. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm trying not to be political, but our saviors, the Democrats, created these programs, and they could not have been having a diabolical intention like that. If that is not intentional, but yet it provably has been the case, can we at least say that accidental racism is just as bad as purposeful racism? Can we make that case? Racial racist outcomes, whether done on purpose or accident, are just as racist. The intention behind the outcome does not determine the validity of the outcome. I guess validity is the wrong type of word, but it seems to me that we only trust the valid nature of these programs because we say they're trying to do something for us. They're giving us something. They're, they are they are in our economic benefit. I don't understand how we think that, but that's what we say. Because we, you would tell me that if I vote differently than the Democrats, I am voting against my own self-interest. When I believe if I vote for the Democrats, I am voting against my own self-interest. One day we we'll have to talk about that. But the government has supplanted black men's necessity necessity as husbands and fathers. And it hadn't just happened to us, but when you have a fractured community and you have a community that is prone to suffer the ills of society 
and be affected by the ills of society worse than any other segment of society. You only have to sometimes dangle the cheese in the trap and the trap will work. It won't get everyone, but it'll get more than enough. I'm not have to share. We have to sit down and talk about how that works. But I, today we're talking about fatherhood. So men, I understand that you have a lot to go through. You have a lot to go through. A lot of unfair things for you to go through. And because you have to go through these things, I have to be honest with you. It takes an extra special one of you to overcome these things and to achieve the God-given purpose that you have in your life. It takes someone very special to do that. Many years ago, I had a teacher and we were discussing, in effect, social Darwinism. And I didn't understand the concept at the time as applied to society. But I did understand the basics of Darwinism or evolution through natural selection, commonly known as the survival of the fittest. And I said to the teacher that if survival of the fittest is a provable concept or hypothesis, and I didn't say it as sophisticated as I'm saying it now, but the idea was, I was saying, I was asking are black people fit? Are we are we strong enough? Are we, uh, uh, you know, are we making it in society? And what he said to me educated me to another level. Now, I'm a young, 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 young boy at this time. What he said to me was, we have as a race endured 400 years of the kind of oppression that decimated and destroyed or could decimate and destroy other people. For proof of this, see the difference in oppression between what we dealt with and what Native Americans dealt with. Native Americans who in, incidentally, bought their own slaves. During the Trail of Tears, it wasn't just them that got the move, they took their slaves with them. That's a whole different discussion right there. Back to this. And he said, 400 years of this kind of earth-shattering oppression, life-threatening oppression, 400 years of that, and we are still here. 
We may not be thriving, but we are far from dead. If anyone is fit in society, then we are. And I say that to say this, black man, if anyone is able to make the necessary adjustments and further ourselves, we are. But it takes the type of mentality and determination that we have not yet displayed. don't have in us at this point the determination that we must do it for ourselves. Every other race of people has dedicated themselves to self-improvement. But we continue to practice, to teach, to think through, to promote a philosophy whose emphasis is not self-improvement, but outward accusation. And I need to post that right now. We continue to promote and perpetuate a philosophy whose emphasis is not self-improvement, but is outward accusation. And as long as that is what we do, who we are, we're going to have problems. So, men, we have got to make a choice and decide that we have to keep ourselves in check. We have to do for self. We have to be a self-determined community. And I don't mean self-determined in terms of what people refer to as self-determination when trying to post up and promote things like, you know, Latin American dictatorships, you know what I'm saying? They say Venezuela, what happened in Venezuela was they, was a, they had uh, a democratic self-determination when all they did was get a strong man dictator who said I want to make everybody equal and destroy the whole system. No, 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 no. no. Our goal should not be egalitarianism. I know that sounds good. But our goal must be self-improvement. And excellence. Some may be equal. Some may be more. But our goal cannot be egalitarianism. That is not a goal. That is not a goal. That might be a monicum of respect, but it is not a goal. 
Don't strive in your life to just simply be equal. Strive to be better. And this, my friends, is the beginning of our coming together and our improvement as people. So, um, yeah, there's that. Okay. Um, that's that that that's my morning rant, and uh, I want to move on to uh, the next thing. See, I don't know. Like right there, well, should my podcast end or should it continue? Right? Is anybody going to listen to an hour-long podcast? Or should I just stop there and then go to the next thing? I don't know. This is what I'm saying. I got to figure it out. This has been Church God Presents. My thoughts on fatherhood. And I I hope you enjoyed that. And... uh, yeah, now let me either bid you adieu or figure out the next part of my podcast. You take care. Let's see what happens next, right? things. 
I don't know if disbanding the police is the best idea. However, I am sure that they need to be demilitarized. And the second thing was, if the last thing George Floyd said was, get your knee off my back, the last thing I'll do in protest is take a knee. I'm just saying. Now these are two separate thoughts. And they, you know, uh, come surround the same issue but it is a perfect example of the many and varied issues that go into being black in the society and the things that we kind of have to deal with that frankly other folk don't really have to consider and that's not me beating anybody else up that's just me saying we have to consider certain things now let me say this there are certain considerations that we make or we say we have to make because of the fact that we decided we had to make them. That's certain things. It's not everything. I think it needs to be said that um, we have issues in our community that very well may not be the result of some diabolical plan or some uh, ancillary cause and they, they very well may be uh, a boogeyman of our own making very well may be a set of coincidences that have just perpetuated itself somehow or another may be like that but we cannot afford <laughs> to live our life uh, and manage our existence by not taking into account that perhaps some of this is on purpose. And I want to make sure that I, I say that so that, 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 that people get that. Um, because I hear a lot I hear a lot that uh, you know all these things that happen, they're not a reflection of some systematic uh, bias. Uh, you know, they're not a result of some institutional bias. They are just a, a uh, logical result of a particular convergence of circumstances and <laughs> that, that could be it I don't know I don't know I don't believe that's the case but that could be it perhaps they are just the result of some logical convergence of circumstances but you cannot afford to live your life thinking that these are haphazard things. I think that the best way for black men, black people to live in in, in, in open competition for the existence and proliferation of our race and people, the best the best way for you to live is to think that 
they're out to get you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I know that that sounds bad, but I believe that you, I believe that one can think that they are out to get you and, 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 and live or play the game for lack of a better phrase of putting it. Play the game with that being kind of like the underlying premise while at the same time not carry uh, kind of a chip on your shoulder. You know, kind of take it as this is my cross to bear and I have to live my life with this cross in play and then kind of go forward from there and try to make the best of it. And, and, and you can indeed succeed because several have. But I do know for a fact that that's not going to be uh, a welcome instance. I, I do know for a fact that people are not going to sit there and look at life and like, hey, yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, that's how it is. <laughs> I, I, I know for a fact that people are not going to do that. So, you know, uh, you, know, you kind of have to take the good with the bad. And in our situation, you have to take the good with the bad and then uh, kind of, you know, try to talk about the circumstances um, from an internalized position and an externalized effect, which I think I'm saying in my mind, talk about life realizing in your mind that Racism has done this to me. And you talk about it from the standpoint of racism has done this to me. And I, I'm, I'm not saying I think that's the case or that's how we should do it. I'm saying I think that's the reality. Like, I don't, I, I wish that we could, you know, realize that these circumstances exist and not make it such a bane of our existence, like not give it so much power by talking about it all the time. For example, and I know that I've got to talk about this this, this uh, post that I made, but I think that this is a, a good place to be. For example, uh, I think I think personally that white supremacy. Uh, as a thing, as a noun, right? I think that it's a construct of the mind. It could very well be systemic. It could be. It could be. But it is the weakest kind of systematic thing 
in that you don't have to let it affect you for the most part. The problem with white supremacy, though, is that it's diabolical in that, you know, if it affects you, you know, it could have some dire consequences. I mean, I, I, make no mistake about it. Uh, the justice system is the largest bastion of white supremacy in that because you're black it could lead to some very very dire consequences when you engage with the justice system it could ain't no sense in lying about it it could lead to some very very dire consequences and um, I think that's just something that we have to deal with and reckon with as we move forward. But by that same token, I don't think that the economic system is particularly rigged against black folk because you can have an economy. The black community can have an economy that is not dependent on white folk. Not dependent on any folk. You can have you can have an economy <coughs> that's not dependent on anyone whatsoever, depending on how it is that you plan to engage your entrepreneurial spirit in terms of making money. Right? You can dodge someone's racism or bigotry economically depending on how you decide to make your money. You might not be able to dodge somebody when it comes to, again, engaging the justice system because we just have one train of authority in the justice system. It, it, it deals with everyone. But there are multiple strands, multiple trains, in a free market economic system. That's why black folk need to understand it's so important to learn to participate in the free economic system, free market economic system. Khalid Muhammad said, everywhere in the world where the black, white, dynamic exists white is on top the black is on bottom and he went on to say that in socialist countries the white socialist is on top and the black socialist is on bottom in communist countries the white communist is on top and the black communist is on bottom and this is especially the case when the government can control your economy through command and control market systems. Capitalism 
free market systems allows you to engage with whoever without the problem of government control. Ideally, ideally, ideally. Make no mistake. If black folk were more involved in creating an economic infrastructure in this community in their community, they would object to having the tax system work the way that it does. If they're if they had more businesses, they would object to the tax system working the way that it does. Because the tax system prevents the accumulation of wealth. And if you cannot accumulate wealth, then you cannot make yourself independent. Okay, so 15 minutes into this, and finally, I'm at the first post, which is, again, let me deal with the first part first. I don't know if this, this of if, I don't know if this disbanding the police is the best idea. However, I am sure they need to be demilitarized. As I said before, the justice system is one of the few places where true recognizable systematic racism exists because the justice system is dependent upon people with guns to execute <clears throat> its rules and personal bias and bigotry does not allow human beings to execute these rules absent their own personal human nature. That is the biggest point. Human beings that we assign, that we assign to power personal power have to execute justice statutes and they have to do so being who they are as people with that in mind if you came up thinking certain ways believing certain things when you encounter someone that activates those beliefs you could very well do some things that are wrong and as a participant in the justice system way you administer justice on an interpersonal level 
could be inherently biased. You could be more inclined to make sure that Dylan Roof gets a Whopper and fries before he is taken to jail. Then you would be inclined to get your knee off of a choking black man that you're holding, just holding there, who's not even resisting. I know these are two separate cops, two separate, two, two separate parts of the country, two separate instances, I get all that. But I'm making the point that as an agent of administration with the power on your hip to enforce your administration of the law, you can do so in a way that is inherently biased if you have prejudice, bigotry, or any types of ingrained thinking and philosophies that are biased against people. why I said that you know we need to demilitarize the police because when you militarize the police you escalate their ability to execute violence and society does not have to be governed extreme use of violence. They may have to be governed through a controlled use of violence or even the threat of a use of violence. But when you militarize police, you invite a greater use of violence. Now, I say that knowing that Organized criminals militarize themselves. And I get that. I get that 110%. Therefore, that does mean that certain segments of the police or law enforcement system may need to be militarized. But that doesn't mean that a wholesale militarization of law enforcement is, necess is a necessity for governing society. So, yes, SWAT teams are necessary. But the, activ the, the, the activation of a SWAT team must come with boundaries, rules, and procedures. And 
police departments should not be encouraged to um, supplement their abilities through the purchase of military equipment. When you escalate the potential for violence, you will escalate the chance and opportunity for extreme violence to happen. That's why I think police ought to be demilitarized. If they have a show of force or a show of strength, I get that, but it ought not be to the extreme level of violence that militarization brings. The second point is everyone wants to protest how they protest. I think this taking the knee thing is one type of protest and in its dispensation it made a point. It made the point. But what happens is when a protest gesture becomes a fad, then the point behind it gets lost. Taking a knee made the point when Colin Kaepernick did it because he did it at a particular time in a particular setting. For this set of reasons. It becomes ineffective and becomes a fad when without thinking you continue the gesture without further consideration without further considering what the gesture could mean or could evolve into or could even coincide with. So in this situation, taking the lead has coincided with this particular action and this particular situation. The officer had his knee on the back of George Floyd. That's what he did. Had his knee on the back of George Floyd. And because he had his knee on the back George Floyd, 
same position. So from my standpoint, I see that I'm thinking, man, boy, if, if, if the last thing the man said was, you know, get your knee off my back, and he's, he's, in a, he's got his knee on his back, you know, taking, taking a knee, if you will, looking like it, that's not going to be the position I choose to use to protest police brutality in this situation. And this is just my thinking. No, no, no one else has to agree with me. I'm not back. I'm just saying it's not what I would do. I, I, I wouldn't do it. I'm not beating nobody else up if that's what they want to do. But in general, when I take a knee, I'm on my knees. It's for prayer. It's a place of submission. It's more than just a place of respect. It's a place of submission. And I would much rather stand up. James Brown didn't come up with it, but he made it cool. He said, I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. Right? Just saying. That's where I am with it. So, this has been the first episode of Facebook Follies. Church God presents Facebook Follies. Two things. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll uh, talk to you more later. <laughs>